are listening to the Homeland Hera Salute, sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation and produced by Dairy Cam. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for over 130 years. This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. No views expressed in this podcast represent any of the uniform services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. My name is Alyssa, and you are tuning in to the second part of Arthur Briggs' story. If you missed the first part of his story, you can go back now and listen to our previous episode. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. You know, you mentioned when you first went in at 17, what was your what was your expectations of going into the military versus yeah. what get out of reality? get out of where I was, man. Get out of where I was. That was my expectation. I had okay. zero expectation. Uh, I mean, like, and, and, you know, as somebody that's put people in into the military, into the army. I mean, I, I think that's generally the population that we're recruiting is people that are like, I, just, I, don't, I really don't care. Just get me out of here. You know, there's a tremendous amount of people. I say people join the military for three reasons. One is like, get me out of here. I'm, I'm into no good or I'm not going to, you know, what I, what, what's in front of me is no good. Or, uh, you know, there's also the lineage factor, especially the Marine Corps, like my father or my grandfather or my uncle was a Marine. And therefore I want to be a Marine. And, you know, the, the third one is like the one that we all think that's the normal one, which is like, hey, I, I see this as a, a logical stepping stone to better my future. I think that's like the one that even most people that are like, you know, 17 years into the military or, or 10 or five would say to people, they would say like, you know, I, I joined the military to help uh, get me to where I am today. And I, I got to be honest, I don't think that's primarily the reason they joined initially, but it sounds a lot better than like, I needed to get out of where I was, you know? Uh, but if we were truthful with ourselves, I needed to, I needed to get out of where I was. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. yeah. So let's see, you've 10, what you're at 15, over 15 years now service. Yeah. 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 Got gray hair to prove it. <laughs> at least you got some hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, over that, over that span there, how has your, how has the, uh, family life been? Has it been, um, I mean, you and your wife have been together since pretty much day one of it. So yeah. How, so how, how the transition's been, you know, going, going on deployments, coming back and how has that affected, uh, your family life and even, even life with, uh, other family members or friends. That's good. All right. Let me try to stay focused on this question. Uh, here we go. Uh, Jess and I have been married almost 18 years. It'll be 18 years next year. So we spent five calendar years apart. And that's just counting big breaks in, in time, like a month or more. So that alone speaks for itself. But saying goodbye to my bride at 19 was hard. 
for six months. And Afghanistan was kind of new. You didn't really know that you were going to come back. And then Iraq, I, I went to Iraq in 2004. That was super duper challenging. I'll tell you, I was a nightmare of a human being at that point. Like she, she should have left me high and dry a thousand times. I, I struggled with so much. I mean, most of it was difficult because of failure to understand how to communicate or my failure to cope with emotions. But I left in 04, I came back in 05, and I think I left again in 06 for another year. Um, my third combat deployment, I left on our fourth wedding anniversary, August 31st. And like the rest of the ones I was like, all right, see you later. You're going to be good. We got a plan. And this one, we had a plan and everything, but I remember specifically, like it was my anniversary, four years. We had moved for the first time. I wasn't emotionally healthy. I wasn't mentally healthy. And my heart broke in that moment. And I had a CW3, which, I mean, he's a, he's a grimy CW3. Uh, great dude. Love him to death. And I mean, grimy as in like, he was a, he was a maintenance warrant officer. And anybody that knows maintenance warrant officers know that they don't show up to work and that they're pretty rough, tough individuals and drink coffee all day long, most likely with bourbon in it. And, uh, <laughs> This guy grabbed me by the, you know, the, the top of my neck like a cat and wouldn't let me go. And we walked around this, we call it a quad. And he walked me around there as I sobbed. You know, two and a half years, uh, the first five years of your marriage to be spent in combat is it's a huge tax. And uh, got back from that deployment. You know, I was broken. I was like, that's the hardest thing I'll ever do, right? And, uh, you know, fast forward to deploying with the Marines to special purpose MAGTAF for nine months. And I have a five-year-old daughter now, and this is now I'm an old man. And I have a son that is, you know, not even walking. And, uh, the most painful day of my life was you know, talking to my daughter who understood and saying, uh, she's a dad. I don't understand why you have to go. There's other people that can go. I said, you're right. You know, in fact, she said, she said like, dad, don't go. And I said to her, you know, you can't, you can't ask me to do that anymore. Like you just can't have the conversation with me because here's my heart out of my, my dad and chest. And I thought about it some, and I was like, I want my daughter to be able to communicate to me. So I went back and I said, you can, you can tell me not to go. Like we can have that conversation. Cause I want you to be able to communicate to me just to understand that it, you know, it makes me hurt so bad because like I don't have a choice and like uh daddy's gonna go and I'm gonna go do good things. Like I went and took care of Marines and sailors. It was awesome. In fact I'd I'd say that some some of the Marines would say that I was uh, you know a lifesaver. Not that I saved their physical life, but I, I spent time with them when they were going through some of the most painful things in their life. But when you're holding your five year old daughter and she's sobbing uncontrollably I, I remember I was gasping for air because of the pain that was in my chest as I laid her down for bed. And I, my wife came in and she's like, all right, like I got it. And I walked outside her bedroom door and I fell down the hall and wept. And I wept because it hurt so bad. Uh, you know, you go a little bit further in that deployment. It's my son's first birthday. 
And, uh, you know, we have access to FaceTube and the interwebs and all those fancy things that I didn't have in Afghanistan. I mean, I had a sat phone once a month, maybe in Afghanistan, but now I can get on my iPhone and hopefully Apple hears this and hooks me up with some sweet MacBook pros or something like that. But anyway, um, I'm sitting there looking at, you know, my wife has her iPhone, another plug and puts it up on this, you know, the, the bookshelf and, I'm I'm there and I'm watching my life. I'm watching my son's birthday. I'm watching my daughter sing. I'm watching the candles get blown out. I'm watching him smash cake in his face. And like, I get to share that with them, but there's a very clear picture that while I'm there, I am absent from everything that I care about and love. And like, I remember having to like remove my face from the camera to wipe tears away and it wasn't happy tears and it was selfish i mean there's no other way around it but like i was devastated that i was a boy in a bubble like i experienced everything that i wanted to experience in a way that i wasn't there and and you know which one's worse which one's worse like to experience uh the loss of six months and and not really be aware of what's going on on a daily basis or to to be aware painfully every day of what you're missing you know, I, I have my own personal opinion, but you, you ask what it's like and how it affects relationships. And then you have friends, if they don't understand it, like I'm absent for a year, I'm absent for six months, the relationship's dead. You know, I have great people that I've uh, not communicated with. And it's not because they don't love me or I don't love them. It's just, you know, the proximity plays a part. The availability plays a part. You know, it, it is... Uh, it is both of those things. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And I can totally understand exactly where what you said and where you came from on that. Totally understood it, every bit of it. My experience it myself and still do to this day. So I appreciate you sharing that. It's, um, it's not an easy task for today's military and families especially when dealing with, you know, the two longest wars in our history <laughs> as a nation and the separation that takes place time and time again, multiple deployments. Yeah. So you're talking about, uh, you know, I deployed to Afghanistan in 03 and I was with my, my Marines in 2018. Yep. I want to say I was still there and people would be like, yeah, I just got back from Afghanistan and I'm like, Bro, I was there 15 years ago. Like, that's wild. Right. Yeah, it is it is kind of crazy to think about that way. Oh, yeah, when you see them and you're like, hey, where were you? And like, oh, well, what was the place called? Camp Phoenix, you know? Uh, it's crazy. So General Mark Milley is the Joint Chief of Staff. He was then Colonel Mark Milley when he led my battalion into Afghanistan and into Iraq. Isn't that wild? Wow. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, my battalion commander was Lieutenant Colonel Vowell, and uh, he's now, I believe, he's a two-star general now. It's like, wow. And that was that was 2010, 2011 when we deployed. So it's yeah, it's crazy that how that. I just you just kind of sometimes you just lose track of that time, and you go back and think about it. Like, 
wow, we've actually been <laughs> at war since late 2001. That's crazy. Yeah. Again, like not to get into politics of it, but it, it's wild, you know, and our country is committed to humanitarian causes and rights. Yeah. Man, I, I, I could, I could, I could give you my take on, on both of those firsthand experiences, but I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. So maybe we, we could talk at another time. Maybe another one. Yeah. So, um, try and change the mood here just a moment. Um, you know, you told us a bit of the story about doing the combat, uh, combat landing going into, uh, in, in country. It's literally like dropping out of the sky. I, I, I can see this taking place in my head because I've been there, done that. So do you have an, any other stories, any other funny stories about something that might have happened to you or someone else without, you know, getting too personal about it? But do you have anything that you'd like to share? Oh, yeah. There's, there's so many personal ones that are completely inappropriate for public consumption. I <laughs> uh, put a whole bunch of 18-year-old people <laughs> in a tent, you know, in the middle of Afghanistan and put undue pressure on somebody and see what happens. I mean, nope. I, I've, I've watched some of the most wild things that are completely, you know, I, I you've seen that show uh, on YouTube, fail army. Yeah. Like people, people just doing wild things like jumping off the roof onto a trampoline and just going through it. Like that, that's, that's like barracks life one Oh one, you know, like that's <laughs> what we did. I, <laughs> there's uh, there's there's video oh man no shortage of stories let me go with we're coming back from a qrf mission in afghanistan or a log pack i can't even remember it doesn't matter but we pull into a secure area and we're we're changing uh what condition our weapon is meaning we're we're taking what was a hot weapon and making a, a weapon that cannot fire so that we're safe around the rest of our people. And once we've done that, it's kind of like a relaxing thing. You, you take this armored vest and you open it up so you can breathe. And there, there's a, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm an E4. There's an E5 uh, sitting next to me called the truck commander TC and the gunner's in the back rocking a 50 caliber 240, and he's clear. And I, I just talked to the gunner recently, and I said, do you remember when I did this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll never forget it, and I'm sure he won't. Um, but the sergeant next to me has this big Italian tea, which are delicious. I won't say the brand of them because I can't remember. But it, it was like, no kidding, a elongated two liter i don't know if you know what i'm talking about and I he's do. got it he's got it up to his lips and i was like hey break check because <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> and i hit i hit the brakes on a humvee and if you if you understand that bottle you got to have two hands on it so the bottle separates from his lips goes almost to the windshield and when i let go it comes back and goes glub 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 down hit the front of his vest so he's just wearing sweet tea between his really saturated clothing and his chest. The gunner, who's a great human being, takes a 240 or 50 kill right to the right to the groin and uh, is really confused because I don't think he heard me call brick check. 
and cusses me out and we get parked. And I, I do believe that Sergeant um, made me pay the price for my prank. You know, I, I do believe as, it, only, I as only they can do, right? <laughs> as a, 11 Bravo. I mean, this guy is, he's a great human being. If this gets into the podcast, I'm going to share it with him. But he, he's a country dude and he doesn't take no stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a mechanic, so I have to earn my keep anyway. So I'm, I don't have the right to do something like this. Right. And I did front back goes, which for those of you that don't know, front means if you're on, on your arms, you're doing push ups. If you're on your back, you're doing flutter kicks, which sounds really appealing. But in reality, it's as painful as you could possibly understand. Your I've feet are six inches off the ground and you're just waving them because our boots are light and your abdomen is being shredded. And then you get up and you run in place with your arms pumping and your knees high. Mm. So the per the person saying, you know, the person that's quote unquote smoking you is, is the one that's telling you front back go. And so uh, you're like, Oh, that's not so bad. Except for when they're like front back, go front back, go front back, go front. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like in a Kevlar, right? In a yeah. vest, and it's July in no. Kabul, Afghanistan. Like, no. shut the front door. Is it sweat or am I bleeding out of my pores? You know? Yeah. And then that's getting caked on with sand because there's sand everywhere. Oh, it was amazing. It was, you know, learning experiences. I, I never did a brake check again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's the only PG one I got. <laughs> I, that that's that's only because I muted the language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can hear the language too. I I can hear that at the same time. Uh, um, so thinking about your your career that you've had so far both Army and Navy. Is uh, is there anything that sticks out as one of your proudest moments? It's all about people, man. I got I have great friends that I, visit, I visited in Bethesda. I have great friends that are in the ground. I have great friends that are, are doing incredible things in their life. They're great. Great parents, successful leaders in their community. I, I, I think that's the proudest thing is, is being a part of somebody's story and, and having them be successful. I mean, the first wedding I did was the first soldier I led, you know, and that's a unique experience. And, you know, I, I thank God for him and, you know, the, the leaders that you, you had. I remember people that were compassionate and I remember people that were, that were hard as nails and, and to be, you know, one of them recently talked to me and he, he said, sir. And I'm like, bro, like you led me, you know, this is the way the military works. Right. So I'm commissioned, which means absolutely nothing to me. And I, and I say that with respect to the idea of what a commissioned officer is, but th this is somebody that was a soldier. Right. So he's like, you're a commissioned officer. I'm going to call you, sir. I'm like, you've been out of the military for a long time. And you were the one that like, taught me how to be a grown-up you know you're the one that like said hey don't go to this car dealership 
and I didn't listen, <laughs> you know, and I paid 22% interest. <laughs> oh man. You know, and they're proud of me. It, it, it is a brotherhood, you know, and I hope for this next generation of warfighter that they have the same experience that, you know, ultimately we're, we're just in this together. Yeah, I think except that's... For the, except for the Air Force, they're just, they're just really just there to be at the... <laughs> it is definitely different in the Air Force. I got one buddy that I still am in contact with from my Air Force days. One. That's I, wild, man. I got a whole slew of guys from the Army deploying with them, and, you know, they got your back, and it, we still get together once a year in person, and we're always in contact, either phone or Facebook or something. So, yeah, there's, there's 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 different units in the Air Force that have the same capacity. To be completely fair to our our brothers in the Air Force, they are there are. It's different though. No, it is. I mean, the Navy is different than the Army, and the Marine Corps is different than the Navy. Yeah, but but in some ways, they're all the same. Yeah, you're right. In in a lot of ways, they are the same. And I, you know, that's something that uh, civilians, you know, they'll. And I'm not trying to paint a us versus them kind of thing here, but, you know, that that culture of being in the military and having that camaraderie or brotherhood, whatever terminology you want to you put on it, that uh, they don't quite grasp. And, you know, there are some that do if they played like a team sport and they went through some adversity during the during those years of playing team sports and come out on top kind of thing. There's some that under, have a an idea, but. Uh, not many people can grasp a hold of that whole, you know, and I say brotherhood, it, I'm not putting a gender on that. It, that's a male, male and female. Um, yeah. aspect. You know, it's not a, it's not just guys. It's, it's the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood that's t- that takes place, you know, when you're, when you're serving, you're serving the nation and signing the blank check. Yeah, so the communication, you said I don't want to create an us versus them. I work in uh, right now in an industry where it's like um, both military and civilian, and it's unique. We don't do a good job communicating the difference. And it's important because some people are like, oh, you only did the military. Like, poof, some of the things that I've heard said, you only joined the military because you didn't have another option. And while that might be true in some cases, it's not true in all. Or... Uh, the conversation that's like, hey, it's your job. You signed up for it. Uh, you should be okay with going to do X, Y, and Z. And yes, I did sign up for this and I should be okay with it. But like understanding the cost that's associated with being a uniform service member, I, you know, I, I listened to a human being say like, hey, I was going to join the military, but my dad wouldn't let me. So instead I became... Uh, an engineer and he's a contractor he makes a ton of money and he said my sacrifice is equal to that of a uniform service member and i i spit the drink through my nose that i was drinking uh, i won't tell you what it was but because it's it's completely it's completely outrageous right it's completely outrageous the idea that uh you you think the sacrifice is equal. And while I don't want to take away from anybody's sacrifice for what they do for our nation, I, I believe that every citizen contributes to our nation. Um, but 
we, we shouldn't be comparing, but we should be respecting both the fact that somebody that like, say they're an entrepreneur and they create their own business and they make $10 trillion over the course of 40 years. Like, Hey, thanks. Thanks for doing that providing jobs and, 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 creating an atmosphere where people can provide for their families and also paying taxes to uh, pay for the defense of our nation and whatever else Congress decides. Like that's, that is a sacrifice and it is part of citizenship. Uh, Putting on a uniform and choosing to like take a percentage of your life and ultimately like wager, wager the, the balance of your life is different. And and I think that the majority of the people that are putting on the uniform, the majority, not all, are doing so because they lack the opportunities that the others have to be entrepreneurs. I don't think they see that or they don't have the opportunity to see that. I think they're capable. Um, But yeah, there's no comparison. It's it's about understanding and respecting the difference. Yeah, I agree. Um, Alyssa, do you have a question that you would like to ask? Yeah. Um, so I know you talked about your wife. Um, what was her feelings and, and emotions and whatnot when you, when you were away, like what was her reaction to, um, what you were dealing with? Do you talk to her? Um, what kind of, no, I don't, do I don't generally, her? I don't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I found that our marriage works best when I don't talk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that, is that the trick? Is that is that universal? <laughs> I've messed that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, completely kidding. So, uh, my wife went and got her master's degree in counseling largely because we couldn't afford therapy for me. That's good. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I'm the and. Uh, and get some counseling then. <laughs> yeah, so so take a chaplain, right? So guy has an MDiv, does marriage counseling on a regular basis, take a counselor, and that has counseled people at, a, at an enormous level. And you'd be surprised at how inefficient we can be at communicating. It's hilarious. Uh, and it's not because she's bad at it, and it's not because I'm bad at it. It's because there's emotion in between us. Um, mm-hmm. So to... to paint the story a little bit more, Alyssa. Um, I said I was a a bad human being. I was an 18 year old husband and I couldn't pull, like I I, I told you, I I didn't even know how to shit. Like I got married and my wife's like, Hey, you better shave your face before you go to work. You know, like she, she kind of helped me figure out the stuff that I needed to do as a a soldier. Like, Hey, uh, you gotta, you gotta be there on time and stuff like that. So my career actually progressed greatly because you know, I had my own personal drill sergeant at home. <laughs> I'm going to get killed for that. That's going to get edited out of this thing. <laughs> but she she did. She helped me. Uh, this person, Jessica, you know, you she has a blog at jessicabriggs.ink. And she is probably the most intelligent. She isn't probably. She's the most intelligent person. She's the most compassionate person. She's the most giving person she's beautiful inside and out and and like what she's been through with me just me she deserves an award for like mm-hmm. god help her uh we've had friends stay with us and they're like i don't know how you deal with art 
you know, because my compass is broken. I say things that are just completely absurd. I can't help myself. I'm just a wild human being. And they're like, does he always act like this? And she's like, art is art 24 hours a day. Even in the sleep, he says, says dumb stuff, you know? (laughs) So how did she feel? Um, I, I know that there's a plan for, to have her on and talk to you, you wonderful people later on in life. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, I don't want to put words in her mouth because she's going to be able to describe it better. She, she went through hell. She went through hell and largely like, because she was married to me. Do you feel like going through those things together made your union stronger? So yeah, both stronger and weaker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your history and your past are always that. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I'm a, a chaplain. So forgiveness is a huge part of what we do. And like, there's certain people that will say like, forgive and forget, but, um, I've, I've never met somebody that has the capacity. Like I can forget what I ate for breakfast, but I'll never forget somebody that betrayed me. I'll never forget somebody that hurt me. And uh, some of the things that I've done in life have betrayed her and hurt her. So uh, she's forgiven me. And she even understands to a degree. But she'll never forget. So uh, there's there's a tax there on the relationship. And there's a, there's a reality to it. Like I said, she's incredibly strong, smart, intelligent, ferocious, brave. When I was deployed to Italy, uh, she was raising our two children by herself. I would FaceTime from the top of Mount Edna with a glass of adult beverage and a cannoli and be like, hey, honey, how's your day? And oh, no. she would she would have my son in the bath because he had you know duked all over the place. Code, code for shart or shat, either one. And... <laughs> And she's like, listen, I don't have time for you. Go get, get, get bent, you know? And I'm like, ah, you know, thank God I was older because if I was young, I'd be pretty hurt by that. But um, I was like, okay, that's terrible. And so I don't know. You're going to have to talk to her. There's There's so many different stories. She's, you know, she slept next to me when I got back from Afghanistan and I woke up. And completely freaked out. And, and anybody that's been there, completely freaked out because I didn't know where my weapon was. And she's like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? You know, or I'd have a full body convulsion in my sleep. She's held me while I was pissy drunk and crying. Um, she knows all my de- deepest, darkest secrets. She knows the pains, the physical pains, the mental pains, the emotional pains things that I could never talk about. She knows them. She, she wears them around her neck so that I'm not wearing them alone. Yeah. I mean, how how do you, how do you, how do you communicate that? How do you, how do you put it in words? Do the best you can. You did a pretty good job. Yeah. That doesn't even come close though. It doesn't even come close. How are your kids doing today? Oh man. So Gianna is 10 years old and she thinks she's 25. Um, she is she doesn't want to sm- be 25 yet <laughs> N- no she she doesn't but she thinks she, she thinks she is uh, she's an incredible human being uh, she's been an army brat and then she's been a navy brat and a navy brat serving with the marine corps and I'll tell you she couldn't be more proud of her dad and I'm like listen I am nothing special 
Um, <laughs> she is the sweetest thing. She feels emotion so deeply. Uh, I watch her emotionally respond to situations and it reminds me of who I was before I couldn't do that anymore. She is able to cry with somebody. She is able to, um, she's able to like talk about how she feels. Like she said, has to say goodbye to her best friend. You know, she said goodbye to her cousin uh, because we had to move. She said goodbye to her best friend because her best friend had to move. And she wept and I held her and she's like, I hate this, you know? And, uh, it's so cool because she's able to feel it and experience it and not shut down. And she has a safe place to do that. So uh, more credit to my wife, who is an incredible human being. We uh, public schooled slash now we homeschool. So she's talking to me about uh, stuff that that I've never read about. She's talking about Genghis Khan. She's talking about uh, poetry. She's talking about the, the greatest artists of all time. When we were in, in the Vatican, she's like, hey, dad, this is who painted this. And I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? And, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're learning at such a great rate. Gideon, my son. So Gianna means gracious gift from God. And she is all of that. And Gideon means mighty warrior. And uh, I just, you know, my, my prayers, I get older, is that, that none of our, our, our sons or daughters have to be a warrior that our plowshare, that our weapons will be, you know, hammered down into plowshares and that we wouldn't have to experience violence anymore. But my, my son is incredibly uh, energetic. He's four. He is smarter than any four-year-old should. Um, he loves to laugh. He is my buddy. And he is... Uh, I'll tell you, after being away for nine months, he was unsure of our relationship. Uh, and that was really hard for me. Uh, you know, somebody that I was supposed to be, therefore I, I couldn't be. And our relationship, uh, you know, in the last couple of years has gotten closer because he, he trusts me a little bit more because I've been here. But he he's strong, he's fast, he's... I get it. He knows how to say the word no really well and use it. What else about Gideon? He loves to be read to. We read books. He, he likes to be around people. He likes to be he likes to be with his mom and dad. He's a different character uh, when he's around both his mom and dad. He's he's him full his full self, you know, because he's he's comfortable. He likes to he likes to punch me in the stomach. You know, he asks first day, can I punch you in the stomach? I'm like, go ahead, son. You know, it just gives me a good wallop, and uh, he likes to do that. And my wife tries uh, to honor me, and she's like, you know, your dad was in the army, and your dad serves in the navy. He just think he you can see his chest pump out in pride, and I don't know how I feel about it. My daughter's super proud, and my bride, my bride is super proud of you know the things that I've done, and I'm not, I'm not not proud. I just feel like I, I woke up and went to work is is what it is, and, and they have this en enormous pride, and really, I just want to, I want them to have a better tomorrow than I did.
it's, that's all any of our us as parents really want for our kids. Yeah, we say that, but that's not that's not the reality. Like, there's there's a bunch of a bunch of knuckleheads out there, man. That like, you. So, so I'm a counselor, right? So I listen to people about their childhood, and I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy! Like, there's not a bunch of people that are like, hey, how can I sacrifice myself for the betterment of our kids? In fact, it's the opposite. Like, we're, we're a cult, we're a culture willing to sacrifice our kids for the betterment of our day. You're, yep, that that definitely does happen. Thank you for joining us for the second part of Art Story. For part three, tune into the next episode of the Homeland Heroes Salute. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Harris Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at DairyCam, creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting dairycam.org. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for 130 years. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Harris Salute wherever you listen to podcasts.